Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Truth with Susie Ann. And this is your host, Susie Ann. We're still in spring, so we're about to talk about the second of the seven appointed times that Yah's given to his people. So this one is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Starts immediately after the Passover. The Hebrew for it is Shag Hamazat. It's on Abib 15th, goes straight until the Abib 21st. So that's seven days. The scripture that is taken from is Leviticus 23, verses 6 to 14. Let's get into it. The Feast of Unleavened Bread. Like all the feasts contains deep spiritual lessons for Messianics or Kodeshims today. As an explanation for this feast, the Israelites were told, Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them, but that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. So you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on this same day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, You shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. In the first month on the fourteenth day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven shall be found in your houses. You shall eat nothing leavened. In all your habitations, you shall eat unleavened bread and this is from exodus 12 verses 15 to 20 from the new king james version now what is leaven leaven is any substance that produces or is designed to produce fermentation as in dough or liquids leavening or yeast has great power to effect change added to a bowl of ingredients it can turn a hard lump of dough into a large airy mass ready for baking. The leavening which permeates the entire batch of dough is used in scripture as a symbol for error or sin. The Savior himself warned the disciples to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's coming from Matthew 16 verses 6. The act of removing leavening from the household is a living parable. It requires much careful searching to make sure that nothing that is made with leaven nor with leavening power as in no baker's yeast or baking soda, baking powder, carbonated drinks remains in the house. Ingredients must be read. Careful attention to detail is required in getting all leavening and leaven products removed from the house.
I should also add that in the Passover feast, it was required that it should be eaten with bitter herbs. <laughs> However, based on the new covenant, it was not noted as a requirement for the Adon's supper. However, this should be a part of the cleansing process. Since this is not our typical feast, in Deuteronomy 16 verses 3, this type of diet is referred to as the bread of affliction. I know most people don't like bitter herbs, but they are good for the overall health, as well as getting rid of parasites within the body. Do you get the connection there? If we're going to clean, why not detox our bodies as well? And here are a few good herbs that I can suggest. Vidanga. It's also known as false black pepper. Neem. Nettle. Clove. Dandelion. Ambrosiodes also known as worm seed, cerise, turmeric, and aloe vera. This is where I think people got the whole spring cleaning concept from. And if it seems like a sincere act to you, you can also do a deep cleaning of your entire house. Sometime throughout the feast, while doing this, do some soul searching as well. This way, after the feast, you'll feel in clean inside and out. This act reveals the care all should take in the individual work of heart searching. Are there concealed areas of the inner heart, secret sins which, like leaven, hidden in dough, will permeate the entire heart and soul of the person? One secret sin cherished will corrupt the entire life. Now on the second day is a ceremony of thanksgiving where we thank Elohim for his blessings of the first harvest. In Israel, the very first harvest is usually of the plants that were planted last year. So before all of these are harvested or before the harvest has, you know, before we take part in it, a portion is given to the priest and to save in thanksgiving to the Adon. Leviticus 23 verses 10 to 11 and 14 says, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye become into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest, and he shall wave the sheaf before the Adon to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it, and ye shall eat neither bread, nor parched corn, nor green ears, until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your Elohim. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. So basically what it's saying is that we must always remember to give thanks for all of our blessings, both old and new. In doing this, we also ask Yahuwah to bless our incoming produce for this new year. In Leviticus 23 verses 14, it refers to Yahusha's resurrection and his ascension to be glorified in John 20 verses 17. Yahusha said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren 
and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, into my Elohim and your Elohim, before giving the disciples his holy breath. John 20, verses 22, and opening their understanding to the scriptures, which is found in Luke 24, verses 45, he had to be glorified. Yahusha, after being raised in the midst of the week on Abib 16, fulfilled the prophecy in the scripture. In Daniel 9, verses 27, it says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Yahusha being raised from the dead overcame the curse of death and paid our death in full that we should not die for the wages of sin is death through his blood we have an eternal living sacrifice and a permanent intercessor between yahuwah and man of all the feasts unleavened bread is the one that represents self-denial on the part of the believer while atonement, which we'll talk about later, is also a part of self-denial, and it's really about fasting, this is a one-week period of self-denial. It is not an easy thing in the modern world to get all leavening out of the house and the diet. Unleavened bread and bitter herbs for seven days. While none are saved by their works, yet obedience to the divine law requires self-denial. The self-denial required during the Feast of Unleavened Bread is a constant reminder of the self-sacrificing efforts that both Yahusha made and that we all must make, who would deny ourselves, take up our crosses, and follow our Savior. As the first of the yearly religious assemblies, if you want to call it that, the heart-searching and courage during Feast of Unleavened Bread is a necessary preparation for the next feast, Pentecost. For those who are preparing for translation to the heavenly Canaan, the yearly feasts are a time of contemplation, recommitment, and thanksgiving for blessings bestowed. Now, here are some guidelines as to how to properly keep this feast. First point, no leavened bread should be found in your habitations or in all your coasts. Exodus 12 verses 15. As we were talking about Passover, on that day, that's when you actually remove all of those leavening agents. So on this day, there should be none found within your quarters or your habitations. Next point, sanctify yourselves before entering the feast. That's according to 2 Chronicles 30 verses 15 to 17. So whatever hard work that needs to be done um, before Passover and before this feast, do so. If, it, if, if we need to fast to get rid of some things, do all of these things that we need to do before taking the communion 
and entering into the feast. Because as the Bible says, if you take the supper unworthily, then you're going to take it unto your own condemnation. Which is why many are sick and many are asleep. So make sure that we do the proper heart work before entering into this feast. Next point, eat unleavened bread with bitter herbs. That's according to Exodus 12 verses 8. Next point, if you do not come up to the feast, you will be cut off from Elohim's people. Numbers 9 verses 13 to 14. Next point, feasts should be kept seven days, with the first and the last day being a holy convocation. No servile work should be done therein. That's according to Leviticus 23 verses 6 to 8. And the last point, no work should be done on the first and last day except cooking. Cooking, that which ye may eat. Exodus 12 verses 16. Now, for other related verses, we have here Exodus 12 verses 15 to 20, Exodus 23 verses 15, Exodus 34 verses 18, Leviticus 23 verses 6 to 14, Numbers 33 verses 3, Deuteronomy 16 verses 3 to 4 and 8, Deuteronomy 16 verses 16 to 17. 2 Chronicles 30 verses 13 and 18 to 23. Ezra 6 verses 21 to 22. Ezekiel 45 verses 21. St. Matthew 26 verses 17. St. Luke 22 verses 1. St. John 2 verses 23. St. John 13 verses 1. St. John 18, verses 28, and 1 Corinthians 5, verses 8. So that is it for today. Thank you for listening, and remember that these feasts are not only for the Israelites, but for all who call upon Yahusha's name. It is for all his people throughout all generations. Thank you again. To check out more of my stuff or to contact me, you can reach me at Facebook at Little Space Kaleidoscope Space Girl or on Instagram at Little underscore Kaleidoscope underscore Girl or on Wattpad at Kaleidoscope the Pen or on my blog on WordPress at Little Kaleidoscope Girl with no spaces. Thank you for tuning in.